वेरी गुड इवनिंग एंड नमस्कार आई एम डॉक्टर सोमोदीप चट्टोपाध्याय एसोसिएट प्रोफेसर विश्वभारती यूनिवर्सिटी शांति निकेतन एंड सीनियर फेलो ऑफ इम्पैक्ट इन पॉलिसी रिसर्च इंस्टीट्यूट ऑन बिहाफ ऑफ द टीम फॉर ऑफ द सेंटर फॉर ऑफ फॉर हैबिटेट अर्बन एंड रीजनल स्टडीज आई वेलकम यू ऑल टू दिस सिटी कॉन्वर्सेशन सीरीज इंडियन सिटीज आर एक्सपेक्टेड टू जेनरेट नियरलीसेंट ऑफ इंडिया जी डी पी बाई ट्वेंटी थर्टी एंड आर रोइंग रैपिडली सीरियस इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चरल डेफिसिट्स एंड बेसिक सर्विस डेलीवरी गैप्स नॉट ओनली जियोपर्डाइज इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ लाइफ ऑफ द अर्बन पॉपुलेस but also undermines the competitive edge of these cities and the ongoing pandemic has severely impacted the cities all over the world cities are working hard uh, to respond to this crisis but uh, weaknesses in the areas of health uh, well being of the citizens resilient and healthy planning uh, and governance frameworks are unfolding in india uh, over the last few months covid-19 has put into questions the fundamentals of the prevailing urban planning model does this mean Uh, that this this is the end of the city as we know it urban planning and the future of our city in terms of urban life and city form therefore needs to be revisited specifically uh, the outbreak of covid-19 has reignited the debate on the trade off between densification and sprawl in cities among urban planners in general uh, there is a preference in favor of a uh, compact city planning models as space or land in a rapidly urbanizing india is scarce compact cities are Uh, generally assumed to be uh, more productive uh, more manageable but at the same time are more vulnerable to contagion and more strongly exhibit the socio economic disparities uh, though it would be a huge oversimplification to blame uh, population density alone for the transmission of the virus there are many examples of densely populated cities and slum areas uh, where authorities have been successful in managing the virus the areas that have suffered and continue to suffer mostly are places where dense population is found along with high rates of health class race gender and socio economic inequality that is the areas where high density and poverty collide all these lead to a larger point about urban planning in india and master plan is the only statutory document used to plan urban infrastructure land use and development control in indian cities unfortunately uh, the master plans failed to capture the constantly evolving nature of the cities the especially the requirements of the urban poor absence of proper infrastructure planning in sync with the economic planning lack of convergence with uh, mobility planning lack of integration of resilience and climate action are some of the drawbacks now delhi uh, 2041 master plan aims to make delhi a global metro and a world class city and will have a blue green policy most importantly the groundwork for delhi's master plan is happening at the critical backdrop of the covid-19 pandemic and one lesson of the covid-19 uh, hit world has been the that the cities have to be sustainable they have to be inclusive but the big question is how this is not an easy task as 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 there are competing socio political economic interests while drawing up the new plan and also housing environment transport mobility a uh, disaster management these are some of the key areas that need to be reexamined in the view of the these new challenges posed by this covid pandemic uh, now against this backdrop the center for habitat and urban regional studies at impri along with industra global and city makers mission international has launched a discussion series the state of cities city conversations and in this uh, series uh, we are we have been engaging with experts on urban and regional studies to understand the challenges of this entire city making processes 
now especially with special reference to the cities in india and today uh, we are delighted to have with us uh, dr rumi ayaz dr rumi ayaz is working as a senior fellow at observer research foundation in new delhi and is associate member of institute of town planners india he has studied geography regional urban planning and urban governance uh, at observer uh, orf uh, dr ayaz has developed the urban policy research program Uh, which is now in its twelfth year, and during this period, he has established research collaborations and written on uh, numerous topics, including peri-urban regions, uh, smart cities, air pollution, rainwater harvesting, and so on. And his articles, chapters, and books have been published by Indian and foreign publishers. His recent uh, co-edited book, uh, "Regional Planning for Sustainable Land Use in India," was launched and presented at the World Urban Forum in 2020. Uh, today, uh, he Uh, is going to speak on expectation from the master plan uh, for delhi 2041 and his talk plans to discuss the emerging planning challenges and offer uh, additional ideas for plan development of india's capital city so welcome to our show this aesthetic conversation series dr ayas so now please uh, uh, the uh, you please start your uh, talk over to you dr ayas thank you very much for the kind introduction uh, i will uh, i have a presentation to show uh, as uh, advised by the organizers that i should present i have a powerpoint presentation so i will be uh, sharing it with with the participants uh is the presentation visible to all yes yes okay uh so hello everyone and good evening uh as you know the master plan for delhi is being prepared for the period 2021 to 2041 and in this talk uh, i will uh share some of my thoughts on what this plan should offer Uh, this talk will address the following points or try to address the following questions the first one is it will provide some information brief information on each of these points about uh, the focus of previous master plans uh, formulated for the city of delhi it will uh, inform you about the current status of master plan of delhi for the year 2041 it will uh, uh, provide information on the different effects of urbanization that are observed in the city of delhi uh, then it will uh, describe some of the requirements that are needed for better urban planning and implementation and finally the presentation or my talk will conclude with a description of a, a rough framework Uh, which can be used for city planning and governance rumi sir if you can also have your video on uh, your video has got off yeah ah yes perfect okay uh, so uh, the as as you might know that uh, a city's development is guided by a master plan 
or an urban development plan uh, and for delhi uh, and this plan offers a perspective or a vision for the next 20 years so for delhi uh, a master plan was first prepared in the pre independence era uh, when delhi became the capital of india in the year 1911 uh, at that time the emperor of india king george v asked two uh, english architects edward edwin lutyens and herbert baker to prepare a master plan for new delhi this plan was prepared and finally unveiled in the year 1931 and uh, this provided for the construction of as you can see in the slide the parliament house the president's estate or the rashtrapati bhavan as we know it all uh, the offices of the government of india in the north block and the south block and the rajpath that is, begins from the president's estate and goes all the way up to the india gate uh, and the india gate was constructed and national archives of india were constructed and a network of roads are also laid down during this uh, as per as provided in the master plan so at that time uh, delhi's population was less than a million and uh, these buildings and structures and the network that was laid down were all administrative requirements being the capital of india uh, so uh, the lutyens plan as we all know it is, is it offer it offered a a planning strategy for the for guiding the planned development of new delhi uh, after india attained independence in 1947 uh, the term of uh, lutyens plan had already expired it had already ended and there was no master plan uh, during that period it, it was only in 1962 when delhi's first master plan was prepared by the delhi development authority uh, this was for the period 1961 to 81 uh, but immediately after independence the interesting thing was that uh, there was an immigration of population Uh, to delhi uh, because of the partition and this resulted in the doubling of delhi's population and a lack of plan uh, led to irregular and haphazard development and there was uh, uh, no plan available which which was uh, the main reason behind this haphazard development and so the plan proposed for acquisition large scale acquisition of land for carrying out development works for housing for infrastructure development for uh, construction of offices etc and the entire process was led by the public sector previously all development work was undertaken by the agencies of the government uh, then uh, in the year uh, 1981 uh, to 2001 for this period the second master plan was prepared uh this uh this plan uh, uh, had the challenge of uh growth of population in delhi uh, this was the uh, challenge that the plan had to address because in 1981 if you look at the decadal uh, change in population between 1971 and 81 delhi 
experienced or registered the highest growth of population, growth rate of population, 53%. That was the peak. Uh, Delhi has experienced this only once, and it was during this period, 71 to 81. So uh, uh, a lot of people were coming into Delhi because of the opportunities that the capital was offering to. And therefore, the plan that was prepared, that is the second master plan, it uh, recommended for adoption of a regional planning and development approach. The idea was to disperse the population that was coming to Delhi to neighboring areas. Uh, this basically meant development of uh, rural areas and urban areas in the states surrounding Delhi uh, and uh, creation of employment opportunities in these areas and also uh, development of regional networks and infrastructure in these areas, which would help in deflecting or reducing the in-migration into Delhi. So that was one policy recommendation that was given by the second master plan. For Delhi, the plan proposed for undertaking dense development works as the coordinator or mod moderator of today's uh, talk mentioned about dense development. Uh, so, so the second plan did emphasize this aspect that the holding capacity of Delhi should be more because a lot of people were still coming into the capital. The, the other things that were proposed by the second master plan was the decentralization of city center. There should not be only one or two cores in the city. These cores or these city centers should be distributed in different parts of the city, which, which would address the issue of congestion. And also the urban ministry uh, advised the Delhi Development Authority to explore the possibility of private sector participation in land assembly development, development of housing and infrastructure, et cetera. So uh, this, all this uh, many things happened as proposed in the second master plan of Delhi. Then its period came to an end and the third master plan was prepared for the period 2001 to 2021, again 20 years. These are prospective long-term plans for 20-year periods. By, by this time, uh, when the plan was, was being prepared and when the plan was finally formulated, uh, Delhi's population began to experience a decline. And the decline was maximum in the last decade, 2001 to 2011, when the growth rate or decadal change fell from about 47 to 21%, uh, which means that the population of, of Delhi is growing in absolute numbers, but the uh, increase uh, is, is less than what happened in the past. So the growth rate fell down by half. And the third plan expressed concern over this aspect and recommended for deflecting population to the the towns and settlements in the national capital region as recommended by the national capital uh, region plan of NCR planning board. And it also suggested for undertaking dense development work, which basically means uh, housing or accommodating more people within a small space, within a lesser space. And this is done through instruments such as in enhanced or increased floor area ratio, increasing the height of building structures, et cetera. It also, the third plan also recommended for mixed use of buildings, which meant that 
Delhi show, uh, the, 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 the structures, uh, the first floors of structures can be used by residents for residential purposes and the, the ground floors can be used for commercial purposes like shops, etc. So that's what mixed use meant. Uh, there's also emphasis on optimal utilization of public and private resources, exploring public-private partnerships uh, and community involvement of the community in, in, in plan preparation and implementation. So uh, this is what happened under the previous master plans for Delhi. Now, uh, the, the term of the third master plan is coming to an end. As you can see, it was for the period 2001 to 2021. And the next, uh, master plan, which you can call the fourth master plan is being prepared for the period 2021 to 2041. Uh, and it offers, uh, it would offer a vision for creating a, a better city, obviously. And uh, from what we learn from the, from the website of the Delhi Development Authority and the uh, media, uh, they, they inform us that uh, discussions on a wide range of topics, urban sector as vast as the moderator mentioned about different topics, environment, climate change, water, sanitation, etc. Uh, so, so discussions on a wide range of topics are being held online and offline and a wide range of stakeholders are being consulted or interviewed for this purpose. It, they are citizens, they are representatives or members of resident welfare associations, market and traders associations. They are persons with different types of disabilities. They are elderly people. They, they, they are professional bodies and experts. They are, they are, Delhi also has about two, three percent population in living in rural areas. So villagers are, according to what is mentioned on the website and media, villagers are also being interviewed about how their city should be and what all should be the requirements, their requirements. In addition to the discussions, another initiative by the DDA is the creation of an interactive microsite, which is called the Citizen Engagement Portal uh, for MPD 2041. Uh, this is basically done for those who could be interested for ensuring greater public participation in the planning process. So, these are the preparations. And when you prepare a plan, and as has happened in the previous plans, you also appraise the existing conditions to know how things stand, what is the situation in respect of different sectors, and what are the deficiencies that need to be addressed, and how much is to be provided. So for that, the projections would be done of the population that would be there by 2041, and even at a five-year interval until then, and also how much would be their requirements for water supply, for sanitation, for public transport, for roads, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, uh, the, the, once the plan is prepared or formulated and notified, it would offer strategies, planning strategies. It would offer guidelines for development and development controls. And once all, is, all of this is there, then uh, this plan will be, uh, available to the implementing agencies who might also be a partner or participating in the plan preparation process 
uh, for implementation. They will carry out the implementation work. They will prepare detailed action plans and carry out the work of implementation as per the recommendations in the master plan 2041. So this is also the process that is usually followed or what has been followed in the past in preparing the plan and also uh, taking it forward in terms of implementation and construction of different works. Uh, what we all know how Delhi is at, at the moment, and you, you know very well uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, adversities uh, that we see. Many positive things have happened. The Delhi Metro uh, is, is, can be certainly considered as a good example. It has brought down the pollution levels, has brought down, it has helped in uh, mobility. It has connected the city in a very a good manner as what was the situation in the past. But you know, there are a couple of challenges or adversities that we as researchers see. Uh, I've, you know these very well and I will very briefly touch upon each of these aspects that are listed on this slide. The region of Delhi is has a very large population according to some uh, projections by the United Nations, UN, uh, UN Habitat, uh, this region would be the most populated region in the world in the coming time. It's going to overtake uh, Tokyo, which is uh, number one at the moment, but Delhi region is will, will experience. By Delhi region, I mean the city and the adjoining settlements, which are experiencing high growth. Uh, the second thing is about the intense functional linkages that are that exist in the region. Uh, this, this characterization of Delhi is throwing up a number of challenges and Delhi's location is such that it is a national capital territory of Delhi and it is surrounded by two states, Haryana and Uttar Pradesh, which are governed by different state governments. So this in itself poses a number of challenges in terms of administration and governance. But uh, this I can discuss later. Uh, to move to the second aspect, you, uh, there are peri-urban areas, there are census towns in, in, within the national capital territory of Delhi. And there is a lack of planning. When you visit these areas, you see that uh, these are not very good examples of planning, good planning and development. And this has happened because of lack of planning, lack of development controls, uh, lack of uh, uh, several other things like uh, administrative inefficiencies, administration unpreparedness to, to look after these areas properly and inefficiencies on their part, neglect on their part, because of which there is a, a haphazard growth of build structures, chaotic development, shrinking open spaces, uh, and several other problems, uh, which, which can be easily overcome through better planning and governance. Uh, there is the, the issue of uh, indiscriminate land use conversion also in these areas and deteriorated environment. So, so these things need to be urgently addressed. The other thing is about the other authorized colonies and slums that exist in Delhi. Uh, according to some estimates, about 30 to 40% of the population of Delhi lives in these areas. Uh, but the problem is that the initiatives for reform of these areas, such as uh, 
regularization of these colonies or, uh, or provision of services, etc. All of this work is lacking behind because of which the quality of life of people living, of, uh, living in these deprived areas is very poor. Then the other aspect is air quality. For those who live in Delhi uh, and in the national capital region, this is a very big issue. Uh, the, the quality of air is very important. Air quality index is generally over 400, uh, which it means very hazardous air. Uh, it's severe quality, which affects and is affecting the, the, the health of citizens of the region. Uh, in Delhi. Then we have issues like traffic congestion. Uh, this is quite common despite the uh, creation or development of the metro. And the population is such and there is in the region is such an economic activities and because of which movement is such that uh, congestion still prevails, it's still dominant. If you happen to attend a meeting uh, in Delhi, and if you're traveling from Gurgaon or another city into Delhi in the peak hours or rush hour, then it is very difficult to reach on time. So you cannot say that the Metro has uh, addressed the problem of congestion fully. There are many more things uh, that are needed to ease the uh, congestion in Delhi. Uh, then you have uh, uh, world over, we talk about uh, having non-motorized modes of transports, uh, lanes for or footpaths for pedestrians and cycle lanes, et cetera. But very little work has been done on this in this respect, despite the fact that New Delhi Municipal Council uh, area, part of it has been selected under the Smart Cities mission, but, but psych and, and uh, elect battery operated cycles and smart bikes, etc., stands and cycles have been put there, but cycle lanes are missing. So this is not a good example of uh, plan development or administration. Uh, if you are doing the work, it has to be done properly and completely. You put cycles and cycle stands, etc., but the, the risk of uh, cyclists to, to ride the bicycles on those corridors on which motor vehicles are moving at a very fast pace is, is not good. Then uh, quickly to the other problems of water supply and groundwater, there is a gap in water production and water demand. Groundwater levels in several parts of Delhi are declining. Uh, solid waste and liquid waste is not being managed efficiently. Water logging is an issue. And the, when, when monsoon occurs, not only in Delhi, in many other cities of the country, monsoon exposes the, uh, the performance of the administration agencies, the, the kind of, of situation of drainage uh, within the city and the kind of water logging that occurs and the difficulties it poses, especially for uh, economically weaker sections who are living in environmentally degradable areas. It's, it's, it's an alarming situation. It's very difficult conditions for them. Then crime and violence are still very common. It's a big phenomenon. Still it is in, in Delhi. And the safety of women, safety of children, girls, etc., safety of elderly population uh, are, are big issues. Uh, 
culture and religion, different types. Delhi is a cosmopolitan city. And you have a population living from different, different uh, religions and different, uh, different uh, categories of, of groups who live in Delhi. And they, they practice their culture, their, their festivals, they celebrate their festivals. And many of them celebrate along the river Yamuna. Have we created or is the, is the master plan offering some suggestions on how they should go about doing it in a planned manner? Because if you do not do, then Yamuna water is, 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 is not drinkable at all. It, it, it contains lots of pollutants and, and the, the people are not, this section, the citizens are not only responsible, there are industries that are releasing effluents into the into the river river body which is also a case case for concern then you have dedicated projects like smart cities mission and the central vista project of the prime minister of india and on top of this you have the covid-19 pandemic which the moderator rightly pointed out you know it has created havoc in the in our lives and on the lives of the activities that we do uh, how well is the master plan uh, attending to these aspects is something to look forward to. Uh, I will just give example of one sector, as I mentioned in my previous slide, there are many urban sectors, but just look at one example. Uh, these, the figure on the left shows the situation. I wrote a paper on uh, water supply situation in Delhi. This figure is from that paper. It shows the situation of uh, water demand and water production in Delhi. So there is a gap of about 300 million gallons per day. Uh, and Delhi, is depend Delhi does not have sufficient sources of water within the national capital territory. It is dependent, 50% it is dependent on the adjoining states of Haryana, Himachal Pradesh also, and also Uttar Pradesh. And then on the, uh, within this figure on the right, you see the situation of wastewater generation and treatment. So just a little above 50% is treated as against what is generated. And on the right hand side of the slide is the figure on the groundwater levels in, in Delhi. This is by the Central Groundwater Board for the year 2016. It shows the red areas in the southern parts of Delhi and, and also some central parts of Delhi. The situation is alarming groundwater levels are falling down up to 60 meters below the ground. And this is happening because of less provision of water and illegal extraction of, of water by, by builders and other, other, other populations. So these, these are big concerns in the city of Delhi. Uh, finally, uh, uh, two, three slides are left. Uh, this one is about the requirements for proper planning. Uh, being a student of planning and when you go through the literature and listen to the practitioner, this is what generally is, is highlighted or, or flagged by them. Uh, one is to improve the plan preparation process uh, and also the implementation process and that the plan, the master plan should be prepared Within good time, there should not be delays in notification and implementation. And then the plan should be able to address the diversity that 
Indian cities or Delhi cities such as Delhi display, uh, the, the plans uh, or sectoral plans should be prepared in an integrated manner and the available expertise, resources and technology should be utilized. And the existing issues in the plan preparation process such as uh, availability of database, up-to-date data. Uh, you know, I was writing a paper on rainwater harvesting and, and it's very difficult to get uh, the data on uh, how much water is harvested uh, by each rainwater harvesting system installed in the city and several other data related to that. Uh, so, so availability of good, good data, up-to-date, reliable data, and popular participation in the plan pop, uh, preparation process. You are in, engaging the community, you are engaging the private sector, you are engaging the experts, etc. But how well all that is being handled and whether their good inputs are being incorporated into the plan. Then you have development norms. You should have development norms for informal areas. In many areas, uh, proper norms have not been formulated because of which uh, the chaos is visible. Similarly, uh, plan preparation is 50% of the job done. Plan implementation is, is the next big thing, which means that uh, the, the prepared plan is going to go into the hands of the implementing agencies. And uh, I understand that, uh, and many of us know that uh, about the ability of the agencies, implementation agencies in properly implementing the plan. Uh, we have been studying and writing about the managerial and financial capabilities of local governments in India, the availability of funds with them for implementing new projects, the multiple agencies that exist, uh, and especially in Delhi is unique because you have the uh, Delhi government or the national capital territory of Delhi government, and then you have the municipal corporation of Delhi, you have NDMC, how well do they coordinate with each other and what are the kind of overlapping roles, how well they are uh, managing those roles. Then you have the problem of unauthorized constructions and encroachments. You have a plan, but if you do not have the space to implement an infrastructure project or if it has been encroached upon, then a uh, problem will be faced in proper implementation of the plan. Uh, what are the systems of monitoring ACT doing in? insofar as this aspect is concerned. And there are violations by the real estate developers and builders. If you look at a residential area, if you travel in a metro and if you look at a residential area like Janakpuri and Motinagar and, and so many other colonies, you don't see such uh, kind of a, uh, architecture in many other parts of the world. This is like, do whatever you want to do, the, you will get the occupancy certificate. You're not worried about the aesthetics. Uh, the aesthetic nature, we, we have a Delhi Urban Arts Commission. You know, the aesthetic nature of a city is not visible. It, it looks like a chaos. It doesn't look like a planned city. So it gives a very uh, uh, depressing visual impression about a city. Uh, it, it does offer diversity, which is of interest to the foreigners and to those who come to Delhi from different parts of India, but you cannot call it a very good 
planned development. Uh, so, if I have tried to uh, to develop a framework for planning, uh, this might have already been done by uh, reputed international organizations and reputed uh, government departments, Ministry of Urban Development, DDA, etc. In the past, but to me, the following things come to my mind that when a plan is being prepared, and this would this might have been done and is being done insofar as the previous and forthcoming plan is concerned. But if you do not look at any of those aspects and you just think fresh of what the plan should offer and what a city should be like, then the following things come to mind. It should be, plan should be inclusive, a city should be inclusive. It should be able to address the requirements of different sections of society, rich, poor, those living in deprived areas, the, the blind, differently abled, et cetera, et cetera. The plan should be people friendly. It should not create complications for people for, for going from one place to another. It should be a safe city. So safety proposals should be there. What other groups are there? Women are there, girls are there. How safe a city is, whether the plan has ensured that it will address the issue of safety and crime uh, is, is, is necessary. Then how responsible are the citizens towards their cities? Are they following the rules and regulations? Similarly, how accountable are the government functionaries? Are they doing what they are supposed to do at their best, in their best capacities, or they are operating at a minimal level? So this, this, this is one aspect. Then are, is the city healthy? Uh, does it offer a clean environment? Uh, in terms of the air, the, the management of solid waste, how, then how connected a city is, uh, connected, digitally connected, as well as connected uh, with one part of the city. You know, when you think of traveling in a city like Delhi, it's not so easy. Unlike Singapore or London or, or, or Abu Dhabi or, or Shanghai or Beijing or Moscow, etc. It's so tiring to go from one, one point to another. Something should be done in this regard. Then a city has to have an identity. Delhi has so much of heritage and different population groups, uh, different categories, uh, different uh, uh, groups exist in the city. So, so are you nourishing uh, the practices, the culture that exists? You know, when you go to places like Varanasi, there's a lot of culture that is visible there. Are you, are you providing for their requirements when they do processions on the roads, etc.? Are you providing for all of these activities in the plan or in the detailed action plans that will be prepared by the implementing agencies? Uh, because if you do not, uh, it results into chaos. And we have seen chaos in Delhi during rush hour, etc. When when things happen, it becomes impossible to, to move from one place to another. And how resilient a city is, uh, when disasters occur, when fire in, in Chandni Chauk area occurs in a building, or a building fall downs during the monsoon season, or flooding occurs, are your disaster management systems prepared enough to address those challenges in a timely manner? No. Then innovation and knowledge, uh, does your city offer platforms for the generation of knowledge to the citizens, et cetera? Then 
is the city creative and does it offer that platform for people to, to nurture their talent, et cetera? Then uh, is the city disciplined? Uh, are people following the rules and regulations? When you go to Khan market area or such areas, and are you able to park your vehicle in a proper manner? You know, in Delhi, there are so many conflicts and violence occurs over parking of vehicles. So, so these are things that are to be provided so in the master plan or a lower level plan that is going to be implemented. How efficient a city is or whether the plan offers provisions for efficiency in the master plan. Uh, by efficiency, uh, you can consider the example of uh, efficiency in the provision of basic civic amenities and access to basic, basic needs. Then how financially strong a city is. Uh, the avenues for resource mobilization, is the city government able to tap those, whether it's able to strengthen its revenue base to implement new projects, et cetera, and to provide for those things which are needed to be done. And how tech savvy or technology driven cities. Now technology could be said to be coming in a big way. It has helped in banking and it has helped in passport preparation process, et cetera. But use of technology in day-to-day uh, -day affairs city governance, et cetera, is still limited. In Delhi, you, you don't know when the next ATC bus is going to come. There is no information on the bus stop uh, when the next bus is going to come. It is, it is not a good indication of a well-governed, well-planned city. Uh, these are some of my impressions. I have not gone into the details uh, of uh, things like development codes or development controls, FAR, uh, TDRs, because I think it should be a policy discussion and general things should be discussed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ayoas, for your uh, presentation. It's uh, almost captures almost all the important aspects of uh, uh, master plan daily 2021 to 2041. And uh, in your talk, as you rightly uh, pointed out the challenges which uh, the Delhi as a city is currently facing, uh, the problem of huge population pressure, uh, the regional linkages which are difficult to manage in the context of Delhi, especially due to its location, the traffic related problems, the problems of uh, urban basic services, uh, the problems related to crime and safety aspects and also the problems related to poor quality. And uh, also, as you rightly point, uh, pointed out in your lecture, that uh, uh, the problems of COVID-19, and uh, really the COVID-19, as we all know, uh, it has uh, changed the way we uh, live. So it has now become all the more difficult to, uh, to, to manage uh, uh, and, and respond to the challenges which the Delhi uh, has been facing uh, for the last couple of years. And, 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 and uh, you also mentioned how the master plan of Delhi, although you have not gone into the details of, uh, of some of these issues, but I'm sure uh, you'll be discussing or we will be able to hear uh, some of those issues while uh, in, in our discussion, like how the, um, uh, this master plan of Delhi has attempted to respond uh, to such challenges in a planned manner. And uh, you emphasized on uh, improving the plan preparation process, uh, preparation of integrated sectoral plans, 
and also uh, the people's participation and most importantly the availability of reliable data on which we can bank on uh, for preparing the uh, plan uh, uh, so and and also you mentioned about the next uh, important challenge uh, uh, as far as the implementation of the plan uh, uh, which has already been prepared. So especially the managerial and financial capacity of the implementing agencies. And also you mentioned about the overlapping uh, jurisdiction or the functional responsibilities of the different implementing agencies which are involved in the entire planning process. And, and, and also at the same time, uh, uh, you put forward some of the core principles which are uh, to be followed while preparing the master plan. For example, you have mentioned about the inclusivity aspect, you mentioned about the resilience, uh, you mentioned about the importance of uh, the city being innovative based on knowledge, technology and all these things. And also you mentioned about the importance of uh, financially strong cities and also the safety as a, uh, that means you need we need a city which is uh, not only inclusive but safe and in some sense just uh, so so these are some of the thoughts uh, which uh, 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 which actually is very much evident from your lecture uh, now may, uh, may i now request uh, uh, we have a very exciting uh, 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 panel of discussion so may i now request uh, dr arjun kumar uh, to to introduce the uh, uh, discussion and then uh, carry forward our discussion on whatever uh, Dr. Ayawaj has presented. So over to you, Dr. Raju. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Rumi, sir, for very lucid and uh, in a very simple language you have, I think, covered so many of different Delhi at different times of year, uh, which we are getting used to now. Uh, I'll stop myself there. I think what we will do, we have many relevant people as discussing to reflect upon the issue per se. And uh, most of the people are associated with MPD. So uh, uh, we can have their comments. And uh, Rumi sir, whenever, if you like, there are a lot of things coming, you can choose to intervene or we can listen to our discussions and then uh, next round you can uh, give some responses if required. Sure. Or we can carry on. Uh, uh, like that. So to go on, uh, I think, uh, Shipra ma'am, would you like to come in? Ma'am, are you there? Yes, I'm there. Ma'am, you hear me? Yes, your video is there. Yes. Yes. Yes, Professor Shipra Matra is, uh, is a senior professor. I, in fact, Delhi chair professor at Institute for Human Development. Ma'am is also the member of uh, Municipal Valuation Committee uh, at the Delhi government, which looks into uh, many of these aspects. And ma'am has been associated with NIUA, uh, also as a dean at MET, and have, I think, more than four, four decades of experience, especially in Delhi. So uh, welcome, ma'am, uh, your opening comments on, or on the subject. Over to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening to everybody. It is very nice to see Dr. Rumi after so many, uh, I mean, that we, yeah, it is quite a gap that we saw each other and Dr. Shomodip also. Very good to meet you again. Uh, I would uh, like to uh, point out, uh, Arjun, uh, can I get um, five to seven minutes? Yes, ma'am. It's a free flow, please. <laughs> ma'am. Okay. Because I want to um, point out to some holes in the pot which holds the water. 
So, um, Dr. Rumi uh, very lucidly uh, explained about the uh, master plans and the uh, the lessons uh, uh, of uh, lessons we learned from the uh, earlier master plan, and then the basis of this third master plan. Now we are going into the of the fourth master plan, and uh, I am uh, the project leader of this. Uh, um, estimation the study of uh, population economy and employment for the mpd 2041 we are doing the project for niua so we are uh, projecting the delhi's economy and the population now we see that uh, population uh, so yes uh, even with the uh, reducing migration migration rate uh, which has been uh, obvious that it is uh, getting reduced. Even then, we have in absolute number one to one point two lakh migrants every year in Delhi, and uh, there is uh, this. Uh, I mean, uh, likewise, this is going to continue uh, with very little uh, differences because the Delhi's um, because of if obviously the Delhi's uh, very very strong economic. Um, um, pull factor, which will continue because Delhi's income will continue in average. It has continued from seven to eight percent per year uh, during last decade, and it will going to continue. It will it will be continuing. So Delhi is always at uh, above a certain level with the uh, per capita income being more than three times the national average. So it will continue, and the, it will uh, continue to have so much uh, some. Migration, even though the CNCR cities, the uh, other cities are developing, NCR is developing, but even then, Delhi, they have their own problem of accommodating their population from their uh, rural area. As we have seen in the census towns, there are heavy growth of the census towns around the CNCR cities. So they will have to take care of their migrants and uh, very uh, that so that they from the push from Delhi, uh, the population is not going to have much, though uh, we have projected that Delhi's uh, population is going to be stabilized around uh, 32, between 30 to 34 uh, million by 2041. That's also a heavy way, but uh, that is what we are uh, projecting uh, now that um, uh, with this, that it is going to be 30 to 34 million. Uh, so, but what is the, uh, and the master plan, yes, as uh, Dr. Rumi has rightly said, it has uh, uh, opened, uh, the, the third master plan has uh, opened the avenue for um, uh, um, private sector uh, participation. It tried to correct many of the anomalies, and it has uh, been uh, that taken that the uh, this procedure based planning. That is what they have adopted it for the first time. That is the bottom up approach. So that is what they are going to do, and they have uh, tried to um, adopt uh, this uh, judicious introduction of the procedure based planning. That is that is going to help. And uh, him, uh, they, uh, they are focusing on the improved quality on the land use planning and the resource management also. And to, they are sorry, wait this. Uh, they are considering some kind of these uh, uh, economic resources also to uh, uh, to be implement. I mean that uh, to be considered when they are uh, uh, approaching the master plan. They are preparing the master plan, but. The problem uh, with all these things in the third master plan also, there are certain inherent problems which is continuing since the first master plan. First is that the delay in implementation. You know, the third master plan, the no notification was given as late as 2019. 
Even in March 2020, some notification came related to the land use, to the land pooling, and all these th um, all these things are coming. So the master plan is always evolving. It has never been completed, and the third master plan is taking much more time. It has never been completed so that people are clear about what is going to happen. And uh, uh, so now I will consider uh, two, three points. One is that the very serious issue of the database, Dr. Rumi was uh, um, uh, mentioning about the uh, deficiency of data. You see the total urbanizable area, which master plan uh, MPD 2021 has uh, calculated, that is 977.90 square meter. That is, they say that this is the total urbanizable area that master plan 2021 can calculate, uh, can uh, depend on, and they are all uh, projections and the uh, land use uh, policies will depend on that. Look at Tejinder Khanna committee report in 2006. They at that time calculated the because the first uh, this third master plan was notified in 2007. So before that, Tejendra Khan, the committee, he was the LG at the time, they has they have calculated it is 429 square kilometer. So this is the thing that at uh, I mean that we don't know at one stroke there is a difference of the around 500 uh, square kilometer. Uh, this is that uh, the difference of the urbanizable area that is to be planned and this. Still, uh, if we ask anybody, we don't know the answer because this the with the the absence of baseline map is still there. In various discussions of the DDA, DDA, they said that yes, they are trying to develop a uh, a baseline map. So that is a very very with so that still now after the third master plan, we don't have a land use data proper land use data on which the plan is going to be based. There are municipal zone, administrative municipal zone, and planning zone. We don't know how much land is there. And the, there is discrepancy between municipal zone and the planning zone. And when we are talking of this master plan, definitely uh, Delhi has some other problems. But these are the indigenous problem, which is continuing from the very from the past master plan now we have so many techniques uh, available so many with this uh, gis and with this this uh, dsdl is trying to do is trying to digitize many things but uh, and uh, they are doing a commendable job but till now the clear land use the supply of land is not available to us in a uniform way so that i also know what is the land available you also know what is the land available this is not there then we see that uh, the unplanned areas, the unplanned areas are, uh, are uh, defined as slums, JJ cluster, unauthorized colonies and villages. These are all unplanned areas. Now, here that uh, um, these unauthorized colonies, uh, sometimes they are, uh, they are uh, described as unauthorized colonies, they are unplanned areas. The, in the unplanned areas, ownership rights to 40 lakh residents of uh, around uh, 1,700 unauthorized colonies. That has been initiated in 2019. So according to your plan, if this is the unplanned area, this is the unauthorized colonies, and people know that ultimately today or tomorrow, I will be given the ownership right. So what is my thirst? My thirst is come to Delhi, grab some land, mainly in the government land, DDAs, 51% of DDA land has been encroached. It is under encroachment. And there are very interesting uh, event also that even the vice president of India, 
venkaiah naidu at that time could not get some office cleared for his rajya sabha office in the arkepuram area why because some ngos have taken that land and that land has not been yet cleared so they don't know in whose ownership that land is so the highest office in delhi cannot um, get their land properly for the utilization so what the land use we are talking about i am very much confused and surprised now you see that the then there are so many micro problems that is continuing since first master plan if we don't pay attention to all these things how are you going to plan um, the build the master plan um, what is the basis of this master plan we are coming from 2021 to 2031 with all these baggages i will tell you one thing non implementation of standard plan for rajuri gardens shopping complex now rajuri garden shopping town complex is a designated commercial area and it has been uh, they are the okay so when they wanted to have this uh, rajuri garden shopping complex what is happened is that that is uh, it was saying that the, the some unauthorized construction was going on when they challenged the ceiling it it came that on one of the 351 roads identified by erstwhile mct in 2007 there were 351 roads identified by mcd in 2007 as commercial and mixed land use because when you are identifying commercial use you must identify the streets which are commercial street or residential street depending on their length and depending on their use and the structure uh, in nearby so this is since 2007 that is pending in the supreme court the Uh, the position of that road is not yet clear so rajuri gardens shopping complex is a planned area could not take place could not take control of the unauthorized construction so this is the this is the situation of our implementing authority and dda has been given this power since 1961 that to demolish any unauthorized construction under the delhi development act DDA is totally empowered since 1961, and look at the unauthorized construction. 70% of construction in Delhi are unauthorized, apart from the illegal occupation on the government land. So this is continuing since the first master plan. And one of the thing is that now another very interesting the LBZ, Lachhe's Bungalow Zone. the lachhe's bungalow zone the most important area of delhi the most prestigious location of delhi they are the if you are outside the lachhe's bungalow zone your far is 300 plus if you are inside the lachhe's bungalow zone your uh, far is 125 so look at the commercial prospect so the many people wants to be out of the lachhe's zone some people don't because they say that within the lachhe's zone that there is a pretty prestigious uh, prestigious address but it is not yet defined which are the area that will go outside lbj which are the area that will be in uh, inside lbj and we are having a central vista development plan so these are the i i will not take much more time it is just uh, there so you see that by uh, from the day the only first master plan was notified and started from, from the 2061 it is on time second master plan the 2001 to uh, 2000 um, uh, sorry uh, 61 to 81 61 to 81 second master plan was finally notified in between that is 61 to 81 it was notified around 74 by that time what happened 
by that time there were the number of industries be, before you uh, fix the location that what is the land use pattern and all before you change but master plan actually it is just an adaptation just an uh, it's not a fresh master plan the the same document has been changing and adapt, uh, getting adapted so uh, and it is a legal document by that time the second master plan was announced number of industries has increased from 85000 in 1990 uh, in uh, it is around the th yes uh, 1991 to 129000 in 2001 so when we are talking of the second master plan 61 81 the unauthorized construction number of uh, industries are getting uh, i mean that are coming so uh, between this uh, 81 and 2001 what was the situation by 91 it was announced by 90 and by 91 there was so much of increase in the in industries not all in the industrial zone and it really re uh, related to the chaos it, it led to the chaos so what we are doing the master plan actually what is doing legitimizing all uncontrolled growth on the ground so we are defeating the very purpose of planning we are just legitimizing what is happening ground in uh, in the way of taking the ground realities we, we are actually getting stamped over what is happening whatever uncontrolled growth is there on delhi let it be and just make it uh, authorized by by course of time so the same thing the shahjanabad redevelopment corporation the partial redevelopment of chandni chowk area and now it is expected to be open in november 2020 and which was um, uh, the process started since 2006 so in the meantime there are so many internal road has come so many residents has come and the alignment of this road is so difficult once the construction is there it is still not been done finally i will just take you one thing and that that is the land pooling policy this is creating so much confusion that land pooling policy which was notified in 2013 why it was said that the okay the agriculture land or all the land owners will pull their land it is it will come uh, the 2013 that idea was that the around um, 20 lakh household will be accommodated on the designated area where what the land what will get after the land pooling okay it, it was first notified in 2013 again notified in 2018 6000 people have already registered with they uh, for the they are agreeing for the land pooling but the price and the other things are not yet uh, done dda dda itself says that this land pooling idea may not come in 20 years so these are the uncertainties that we are uh, dealing when we are talking of master plan we are talking of inclusiveness we are talking of the making delhi a global city sustainable development city we are not paying any attention to the ground realities we are not paying any attention to clear the mess at the ground and finally just one statement one statement very interesting statement from the parliamentary standing committee for urbanization 2017 18 the parliamentary standing committee for urbanization has noted it is i'm just reading the committee further notes that to address the problems of illegal constructions and encroachments a special task force under the chairmanship of vc dda has been constituted on 25 four uh, 2018 moreover to check all ongoing future unauthorized construction and without corruption 
and action plan two has been formulated to hold the officers concerned responsible for malpractices. The committee are happy to see that such a drastic measure against corrupt, negligent officials has been proposed for the first time and hope that this step will go a long way. So we are in a mess with our master plan and this is the, and the committee noticed that it has been for the first time DDA has been established in, 2000, in 1957. So this is, with this much of mess, uh, unless we clear our, uh, our ground, it is very difficult what we are going to expect from master plan 2041. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Shipra Maitra, for highlighting so many of points. Uh, really, the NDMC, uh, Rumi sir has also worked on the NDMC smart city plan and a lot of work. World-class uh, capital city is what we are envisaging. And uh, uh, thank you, ma'am, for really highlighting also uh, the uh, government of NCT recognition of property rights to the residents of unauthorized colony in 2019-1700. That thing has also come up along with Mukhmantri Avas Yojana on the built environment side and uh, so many uh, different things. But largely, ma'am, is also raising a very pertinent point from the lens of what the experience has been that uh, uh, what is a master plan? Is it a sacrosanct document? It is coming out so late. Uh, what is it all about? Uh, uh, it, does it have any teeth? And so on and so forth, so many of uh, institutions around. Uh, so without any further ado, let me go to our next uh, 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 panelist for this evening, uh, Dr. Shyamala Mani, ma'am. Ma'am, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Yes. Good evening, Shyamala. Yeah, so getting on with the uh, ment, I commend uh, IMPRI for organizing this uh, webinar, which is very timely and, uh, uh, and very important as well. Um, I would like to start with uh, one or two points. Um, is that uh, you know, uh, uh, we have pointed out even during the MPD 2041 uh, planning stage, um, especially taking uh, ma'am had a very bad connection, but mm. now I can see it. Yeah, can you uh, can you see me? I, I think I yes, the connection is a bit. Poor. Ma'am, you can go on. Your network is very unstable, ma'am. Yeah, is it, uh, is it better now? I switched off my video. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's better because, you know, the bandwidth is very low. Uh, so I was saying that, uh, you know, uh, as far as environment goes, whether it's air pollution, waste management, uh, drainage and wastewater treatment and uh, matters like that. And uh, uh, these are very closely connected with the informal sector. I would like to begin uh, with uh, uh, the, one of the aspects like... Uh, uh, which we have pointed out to, to NIUA also, since uh, NIUA this time is uh, doing the master plan 2041 in 
coordinate with TDA uh, is the fact that uh, why can't we do, uh, we, why can't we have an approach of uh, decentralized uh, planning? Of course, they are taking, uh, uh, they, are, they are having a lot of questionnaires. They, there is no doubt that, you know, they have made a portal. They have asked uh, people to, uh, you know, give their ideas, all those things. But, uh, you know, I would like to give an example. I live in uh, Chitranjan Park. And uh, uh, for instance, uh, I think, uh, you know, we have a green uh, community initiative here. And we have given a plan of action saying that we would like to uh, work on a particular, you know, the main uh, thoroughfare, the Bisipal Road, and just make it a little walkable and uh, make it something that the uh, citizens can use. Now, you know, the main, one of the things that we found out was uh, that uh, uh, even if you have footpath, now, obviously, you cannot... Uh, increase the size of uh, a road too much, the width, especially uh, the internal roads. You know, it's not a subarterial road or it's not a very big uh, main uh, thoroughfare. It is uh, uh, inside a colony. So uh, you can only expand it to that extent. Now, one of the things that we are finding is that the footpath uh, for making uh, it walkable is occupied by uh, various types of vendors. And why not? Because those vendors are actually servicing us and they are actually uh, providing and we are actually using them. But despite that, we know that that is creating uh, a lot of uh, mess. And that is one of the reasons why, uh, uh, you know, there is no walking space and uh, there is no uh, space for uh, also because the reduced walkability, there is congestion on the road. Now, it's, so it's like a vicious circle. The reason, main reason is that in master plan, informal sector or the vending, even though there is a law in the country, is not thought about at all. You have a market. Okay. In Chitranjan Park, we have several markets, four, five markets in each of the localities. But they're all highly, uh, you know, where the shopkeepers actually pay for it. How do you expect a sabjiwala or a flower vendor or, uh, you know, some a fruit vendor. So, I mean, uh, why is it that in our, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the planning of the various residential areas, why isn't that we think, why don't we think about that these are people who are servicing us? And if you had a place like that for them, which is either subsidized or completely free of cost, where you know that, uh, you know, in the evening, if you have to buy vegetables or fruits or uh, flowers or whatever it is, you go to that particular area. We don't do that. And, you know, master plan after master plan, like Professor Shipra was pointing out, it's uh, <coughs> just repetition of the same thing. We only talk about, okay, whether the width of the footpath should be this much or it should be that much. We do not talk about whether you know, these people. And another thing which uh, Dr. Ejaz uh, pointed out, which I really liked, is about the culture of the city. Now, I don't know whether you differ with me, Dr. Ejaz. You know, you yourself said that uh, there was from 71 to 81, the maximum amount of migrants into the city, which means that these are the people. So Delhi is being increasingly seen as a place where the people are coming for earning their income. Okay, it has got a lot of heritage. We should think about the tourism aspect, all those things. But it is basically a location where people are 
going to come uh, from, uh, and you know, as has been pointed out, this is going to be the most uh, thickly populated area in the world, which means that informal sector people are going to be coming almost every day in and out to either to sell their uh, whatever their uh, um, uh, you know, whatever their livelihood is. Similarly, you know, even for waste management, we have pointed it out so many times that almost 20 years ago or 25 years ago in Bangalore, we were able to show that for a community waste management area, we just need one square feet per household. That's all. If there are 2,000 households, you need 2,000 square feet. And if you do and uh, if you and you know today even the waste laws in those days there were no waste laws waste rules have been made and we have been we have shown experimentally not once but a hundred times that if you have decentralized uh, areas where waste management can be done and it requires so less and as long as it's planned properly you won't have uh, you know a huge dumper placer uh, with a huge truck going and creating congestion on colony roads. That is what is happening. I mean, uh, so the, the aspect and also the whole thing about uh, circular, you know, we talked about COVID. One of the things that COVID has brought out very clearly is that we need to provide space for a lot of uh, repair and re, uh, re, that is the circular economy. Why do we need that? Because whenever, you have either a pandemic or a disaster or anything which affects your economy. The, uh, the economics of the place will come, it will happen in such a way that you have to rely on uh, something where you don't have to spend too much, which means that you are repairing and reusing and recycling. So there is uh, absolutely no place allocated for these kind of people. If you see, if you have to find a repair person, you will find uh, him or her tucked away in some gully and uh, close to a nala where you will not be able to approach. So, I mean, we, we also have to think that uh, when we plan, it is not only uh, the major macro planning aspect, which is important, of course, to maintain the culture of the city, to maintain the looks of the city, but we have to think in terms of micro planning and what is the interaction between the various economic classes and how are they going to be interacting. If, you, if somebody is going to live uh, across the Yamuna and uh, you know, in some uh, very, very far away place, and that is uh, the place from which uh, they have to come and uh, you know, provide their services, in a place where uh, uh, you know where uh, they they have to earn their livelihoods, uh, that is not going to happen because they don't have that kind of transportation facilities. So I don't want to take up too much time. I've highlighted the aspect that uh, because Professor Shipra has already uh, you know highlighted the various other aspects which are macro planning. So uh, even for wastewater uh, treatment, uh, uh, you know, a large, a, a greater awareness needs to be created. Uh, we are trying to do that through service clubs and various other ways that treated wastewater, uh, you were talking about heritage. There are so many lakes which have been made by some of the uh, erstwhile empires, which are lying uh, completely dis, uh, in disrepair. 
and they also need to be uh, brought back to life. So uh, those are some things that we can do, especially in southern Delhi, especially where the water uh, level is dropping. And that would also protect the uh, Yamuna much better. And uh, last but not the least, uh, you know, the various uh, waste mountains that we have created, it is, uh, uh, it is something that can easily be uh, addressed if uh, we do uh, much better uh, uh, master planning and space, providing space for, uh, you know, these kind of waste collectors and waste pickers to segregate their waste. They have absolutely no space. They occupy every uh, footpath where they can get. And then they are driven from one place to another, which is very sad because they are actually uh, reduce not only the greenhouse gases, they reduce our carbon footprint. They are actually helping in reducing the uh, mountains of waste. So um, I think you've got a general idea as to where I'm coming from. So I will uh, stop my um, comments here. And if there are any questions uh, later by uh, uh, Dr. Ajaz or anybody else, I would be happy to uh, give the answers. Thank you. Thank you so much, Professor Manik, for highlighting so many issues. Parking really along with the waste management has been one of the major challenges and encroachment on the land as ma'am is really highlighting. But I totally agree with ma'am that uh, uh, other than macro planning, micro planning is also very essential for a, a city like Delhi. And uh, ma'am has also highlighted that since uh, there would be migration, especially related to work, uh, some planning has to be there and uh, really highlighting the role of urban commons and lakes and many things. Uh, quickly going to our next discussion. Uh, Rumi sir, would you like to add anything? Or we can quickly just go to our, yes. No, it will be good to listen to, to the other speaker. Right, so yes, yes, really, uh, because our two professors have really been dealing with this uh, for quite some decades. To have a very practitioner's perspective, we have uh, uh, Arvind Doni, who is urban lead at Indo-Global Social Service Society, IGSSS. Uh, really, Arvind has been working as a practitioner. He's also a member of the <clears throat> street vendors board and committees and many, uh, he has been advocating also for this MPD and mainstreaming many of the agenda, especially pertaining to migrants, something we also did for rental housing policy. And uh, 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 recent these, these years, uh, Arvind has really touched upon many aspects. Uh, Arvind, you're good to go. Then over to you. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Arjun, and uh, really happy to be here uh, amongst all all the senior colleagues who I know really well, and and really happy to hear their point of view. So I'll I'll keep my points short since we are uh, well into the discussion. I'll keep my points uh, short and 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 uh, focus on three aspects of why um, uh, three aspects of the whole master plan process and 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 what are the expectations that that we have sensed that that we would have. Uh, so firstly, my position in this is also a practitioner, but I am also someone from the same fraternity as uh, Rumiji in the sense that I've not done my planning, but um, I've done my architecture, but also dabbled quite a lot with, with planning to, to understand uh, what urban planning is. So I, I also come from practice. I also come from this field of architecture, urban planning uh, and that. But the perspective that I would be kind of wanting to bring up here is of also someone who's currently engaging in the whole master plan process from the side of the civil society organization that I represent, which is IGSSS. 
uh, and IGSS uh, is also a very core component and part of this campaign called Maybe Delhi, uh, which was started in 2018, around 2018. And since 2018, we have uh, we have tried to uh, work with many uh, communities, people, groups, uh, worker groups, worker collectives, and different stakeholders to ensure that that they engage with the whole master plan process and engage with understanding the plan first and how it's connected to their lives and right now we are in a stage where uh, where around we, we have around 40 50 civil society organizations across delhi and 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 we are we are in 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 discussions of different kinds with with niua to uh, take the points forward so my my points are from from that kind of perspective so firstly i think um, to to kind of go to what uh, Rumiji was saying of how planning is 50% or doing the master plan is 50% and then the implementation is 50%. I will actually change that. I will change, I will say that planning is only 10% and doing the planning or the implementation of the plan is 90%. I'll come to that at a, at a later point. And even in that first 10%, I would say most of it not the making of the plan aspect of it, but most of it should be hinged on or should be foundationally dependent upon uh, the participation in the in the planning process. So that is the first point that planning and participation are are fundamentally linked to each other. So a lot of problems that we see in our cities, a lot of problems of why master plans are not working in the first place is because uh, is because that it is so far away from 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 the mess that that uh, Shipra ji had just mentioned, and 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 because it's so far, whatever the planners or the experts are ending up doing is is complicating the mess that we already have. I will not call it mess. I'll come to that. That's my second point. But fundamental problem of how planning is not participatory in any of the. Uh, many cities that we have and and what we are now facing in 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 uh, delhi or going to face in delhi is the fundamental problem in our cities you generally have a two month window one month window to give your suggestion objection but before that what are what is the existing land use what are the studies that you have done have you taken that to the public domain are there suggestion objections sought in the preparation to the plan i don't know i don't think so we have managed to do that a little bit in NIUA because we have, you know, very good uh, architects, planners and practitioners there. But but if it were not for the NIUA, I really doubt DDA would be interested in such a process. So plan, uh, so participation is being usually seen in, in these two month, one month windows where you can give suggestions on and so forth. And and the, 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 the good spaces of engagement like local area plans, for instance, or zonal plans, as, as someone else called it, um, uh, are, are not really thought through and, and implemented correctly. Uh, and what you get is, is, is something that's even more complicated. So if you have a, a microsite to take suggestions of people, uh, I, I really, I mean, it's good, it's there. I, I really appreciate the gesture, but, but the, the, the question is, are not even in Hindi, for instance. And how many people in, in Delhi would understand the, the lovely uh, complicated language that uh, the, 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 the questionnaires offer. So simple things that prohibit people from engaging in the master plan process, uh, I think is a, is a huge concern. Uh, 
this again i we have voiced it many times and we are saying it again so right now you are having virtual meetings and discussions what we faced when we got some of the community members they did not have access to to zoom they did not have access to cell phones with data to you know even come in the meetings that that niua are hosting niua and dd are hosting to voice their opinions uh so th those are the practical challenges of how do we ensure that participation is ensured in whatever way possible um and going beyond zoom meetings and going beyond uh, questionnaires and google forms which are okay which are important i'm not saying that they are not important and a good step but how do we do that and dda really needs to do a rethink and and maybe set the tune for the next you know for the other cities that that follow the delhi model you know i mean we all have models in our country so delhi model might be picked up in other cities if you do good things here so fundamentally participation and planning big link if we don't do it we are creating a bigger bigger mess for the next 20 years uh, going forward so that was point number 1 point number 2 uh the biggest challenge with with planning that we have at the moment is the the fact that we are not really ready to embrace informality informality can be called messy it can be called illegal it can be called encroachment it can be called all sort of different names you know you can have different terminologies depending upon where you are and how do you view them right but but frankly most indian cities and like like all indian cities most of our livelihoods are informal most of the places that we stay are 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 informal delhi probably less so but but other cities definitely more than delhi i'm i'm talking about a city like bombay or any other city so we are fundamentally informal in in nature of how our cities run function and so on and so forth but planning because it has a colonial sort of i mean uh, it has it has many sort of hangovers that come with planning the language that we use so on and so forth planning remains apart from informality it views itself ki hum planning tabhi honge when we are not informal you know that is the the contradiction that exist and as long as this is continuing our messiness the 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 uh, the, the uh, our attempt should be right now to embrace the messiness and understand how those things function so that we incorporated because that is the mainstream not few architects and planners and and uh, departments and uh, bodies like dda that that is not the mainstream the mainstream is the street vendor on the street the mainstream is the waste picker that's working and sorting out waste the mainstream is domestic workers coming to housing societies and working but not having a place to pee because you don't open the houses or or toilets in your houses because you have other notions Uh, that prohibit you from doing that so that is the mainstream unless you are looking at all those livelihoods and all those different housing typologies that exist in the city as opposed to dda and you know kotis of janakpuri and 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 south delhi you are going to be in big trouble just to give uh, a couple of examples which i feel are are required we talked a lot about parking uh, parking in delhi occupies more space than the slums or the informal settlements in delhi yeah let let that kind of sink in that's very important to think about that and we are debating about parking right now i think there is a fundamental problem in that yeah there are about 5 lakh street vendors that are employing but they are taking hardly 
you know that that much of space in the city and they're not not even occupying that but whenever there is an encroachment drive the drive that shamla ji mentioned i i can assure you there were no encroachments that were removed the first encroachments that were removed were of the street vendors because they just find it easy to remove that yeah so so i think so those are the things that we have to see and since 2007 9 when these plans were were prepared there are many good policies that have come up you know uh, we are in land of contradictions uh, like like we all know and see so we have city that's taking a different form but the policy space is taking actually a different form the street vendors act um, nulm such and nulm policies so there are these uh, uh, so solid waste management guidelines and rules that that have come about so the, there are these very good policies and 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 um, uh guidelines that have come up that recognize informal sector livelihoods uh housing typologies and now covid has to- told us that you know we have migrants also living in our cities before that we didn't know so now we have a affordable housing rental policy so we are having these little little policies that exist and i sadly feel that in spite of all the good efforts we are failing to incorporate or transform them into spatial planning allocations in the in the master plans and that i think is going to be a very huge challenge otherwise what will happen is that delhi will forever say that you know uh, dda will say that we don't have any space to make homeless shelters because there is no land so it's it's a it's a it's a argument that's never going to end unless we are looking at embracing informality looking at these policies that exist and incorporating them for informality that is not that does not have any policies right now for instance home based workers you have to think of how the delhi master plan can actually facilitate policies in future for for such livelihoods and such housing typologies that is going to be very very critical and delhi is in a very good space to do it we have the right team doing it uh, in the form of niua and the civil society network makes it much more easier third point so 90% i fa- i said was was uh, post the plan why i say so is that look making the plan and and i'm i've i'm someone who has intervened in uh, the the bombay uh, master plan uh, of 2014 so i am telling from little experience that i have so uh, making plan is easier putting pressure on authorities to incorporate your suggestions are relatively easier you know i mean you can do a lot of things to uh, hammer the thoughts in and get some of those concessions and get get those important clauses in the master plan get those reservations done so on and so forth it's much more easier what is really challenging is how do you ensure that the window of participation is open yeah and not open in the form of uh, pdf files uploaded in the window but you actually have much more engaging uh a uh, plan and its review mechanisms which is completely absent in our cities so 2007 mein master plan banta hai next debate is after 20 years you know so that will not work that will not work in our cities we need a bunch of people and a bigger bunch of people which could be civil society which could be architect planners which could be you know arm nagrik who or arm residents in the in the city who are really invested in the process of of master plan so we are here few people debating about the master plan go out and ask in the streets how many of them know that delhi master plan is being amended no one i can tell you right now 
<laughs> leave leave how many know that master plan is being amended just ask how many know what a master plan is you know where do you get it i don't think so so the only way that we and our cities uh, may be better than they uh, than they are right now is is through continuous engagement with master plan and and it's 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 people like us agencies like us groups like us that need to kind of take it to you know the next generation the youth the 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 schools the colleges who are not mainstream planning architecture colleges because i feel that they are part of the problem uh, and what they learn is also part of the problem so we need to engage with them and cultivate those spaces and ensure that folks like dda who you know feel that they are the experts and they are very cool with that uh, have to understand that planning is not um, it's not it's not uh, that you are being a doctor you know i mean you are in a fundamental in a profession that actually fundamentally essentially means that you have to engage with people unless that happens i i feel that we will not uh, be going in the right direction so for our concluding point i would say for for us it's very important to keep planning ongoing it's not static it's it has to be continuous process and if we institutionalize that process that is the best for us and we have to also give more teeth to planning because right now you have a smart city and the master plan is thrown in the dumps you know so we the only way that it can be um, you know um, um, engaging and interesting and people are invested in it actually will mean that it is also implemented in in future so these are the quick three points that i had and uh, uh and and other points of course we can debate thank you so well thank you thank you arvin uh, yes indeed your, uh, your your points or the presentation are uh, at the same time provocative as well as passionate uh, it seems so so yes yes yeah, you mentioned because uh, 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 uh professor maitra and dr mani they have uh, mentioned in their uh, in in their observation in their comments regarding the problem of informality and you also highlighted the informality uh, which is actually creating a lot of problems in the indian citizen i couldn't making uh, i could not resist myself from uh, citing the uh, an influential work i i am sure that you uh, may have been aware of that this is an article by ananya roy uh, actually uh, th that was a very provocative article why india cannot plan its cities so it's one of the one of the most uh, well cited articles and that also deals with informality uh, where it is argued as you rightly point out that informality is basically in the context of indian cities is place based and it is practiced and perpetuated uh, through everyday governance practices uh, the point that you have actually mentioned so yes and also uh, you rightly pointed out that uh, uh, that uh, that preparation of plan uh, is only uh, only a 10% of it and there you mentioned about the importance of strong linkages between uh, planning and the participatory practices and uh, also uh, the examples which you have given is very interesting uh, for example the uh, the language barriers which are prohibiting a large section of uh, population from participating effectively in the entire plan making processes and uh, at the same time you mentioned about the importance of the follow up process and the continuous engagement uh, with the entire planning implementation process well so so i have also some of the, uh, some questions if time permits i'll i'll i'll, I'll uh, place those questions 
before the panelist as well as our guest speaker today. But before that, uh, I now request uh, Dr. Simi Mehta, who is the CEO of Impact and Policy Research Institute, Delhi, uh, to chip in to make her comments, observations, suggestions, anything on that. Yes, please, over to you, Simi. Thank you very much, Dr. Somidhi. Good evening, everyone. And uh, thank you, Rumi, sir, for uh, this wonderful presentation. It is always so insightful and informative to hear you uh, speak and listen to your presentations. And I also would like to thank all the experts for uh, discussing the very important points related to the Master Plan Delhi. Uh, so I have a uh, I have few questions um, to you. Um, first is there is a green blue policy uh, that focuses on the water bodies and also the land around it in the MPD, which of course is is for uh, you know the uh, purpose is very clear about the social, environmental, and also the aesthetic benefits that uh, uh, that would have uh, that would actually uh, imply if these if this green blue policy comes into being uh, for the people inhabiting uh, Delhi. Uh, so, but to usher this in reality, uh, it would actually involve a multiplicity of agencies and uh, uh, to actually move towards uh, ushering in this era, um, we would need to have uh, so many uh, multiplicity of uh, bureaucratic uh, challenges that needs to be um, uh, resolved. And also um, when we are executing it and also implementing it. So what are your views regarding it? And is this some sort of an expansive uh, smart city uh, vision? Uh, you know, the entire MPD Delhi, uh, master plan Delhi. Uh, second is um, ask any female and ask any family um, about the state of safety. You know, um, so what are special clauses or special sections that discuss about the security um, of women? Uh, and the last point is that um, uh, we are again in this time of the year faced with enormous amounts of pollution. Uh, so uh, is there an approach in the MPD uh, so that um, which can at least make a headway uh, so that we can have uh, or at least assure the citizens that uh, they'll be able to breathe uh, clean air during this time of the year. And uh, lastly, uh, I would also like to point out to everyone and also to Rumis especially that um, uh, Professor Arunavadas Gupta was here for some time. He listened through your presentation, but unfortunately he had to drop out because of a review, review meeting for his studio. Uh, he has posed one question to you, sir. Uh, his question is, how does the master plan address the needs of change for areas which are already built up and saturated. For example, Shah Jahanabad, um, urban villages, and also the inner city areas. So with these uh, few points, I would like to close and over to you, uh, Dr. Somedi. Thank you again. Yes, uh, Dr. Ayaz, if you would like to respond to uh, the, uh, the issues or the points which have been discussed so far, you please. Over to you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, moderator, would you like to ask any other person who wishes to say something? Although we are running late. Yes, uh, sir, we are running late. Any, I hope any, anybody wishes to say something? Any discussant or any yes. participant? Yes, I think I have to, sir, add a few things. I will quickly check with uh, Mr. Samir Unale also to have 
you know, administration and uh, and that perspective. Samir, sir, are you there? Uh, yes, Arjun, uh, I'm very much here. Let I have listened to the entire discussion. It's been very interesting. Sir, let me just uh, so, introduce you. Or Simi, please. Amit, uh, Simi, please. Yes, uh, so thank you very much, uh, Mr. Samir Unhale, for joining us from Mumbai. He is uh, Mr. Samir Unhale is the Joint Commissioner in the state of Maharashtra. And previously, he was the Smart City CEO of Thane Smart City. Thank you very much, sir. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, over to you, sir. Uh, so thank you, Arjun, and thank you, Simi. As I'm traveling and uh, because of the uh, bandwidth, I kept my camera closed. No problem, sir. No problem. So uh, I think uh, it was a very good presentation. Uh, all the discussions made very pertinent points. I mean, I, I look at the issue of uh, city more from an administrator's perspective. So uh, I always found that the very, uh, I think most of the points which I had in my mind has already been uh, said by uh, other discussions because they have covered it very well. The issue of informality, the issue of solid waste management, the issue of you know green and uh, blue uh, issues as you discussed, they have been taken care of. But I think you know uh, planning in India is more spatial and not temporal. I think one observation I had because the things are moving so fast Things are moving so fast, you know. So how how could uh, the plan sustain itself for 20 years when we have, uh, have almost a cyclonic changes on cities? So that temporal element of uh, planning, I think, needs to be taken care of in some way. Secondly, the third dimension, that is the height, uh, rarely reflects in the master plan and land use planning because the undulations and the, uh, the third dimension, so to say, has not been effectively taken care of somewhere. Thirdly, uh, my take was that city is just not land. And the very basic assumption that any changes you make in land will have a causal effect on the entire gamut of city experience. I think we are expecting too much from land use planning and expecting too much from master plans for that matter. So uh, it is, uh, the cities are getting extremely fast. They are uh, so many things are interconnected with each other. And to assume that one uh, only one element of uh, uh, of the entire uh, city will change the entire city itself is, I think, uh, logically, you know, uh, not very strongly logically in my view. And most importantly, I always feel that, you know, that planning is a legal, uh, rational process, so to say. It's a legal, rational process. But Indians, by and large, or for that matter, most of the South uh, cities from the global South are uh, emotive traditional, you know, so... Probably that is also reason why the implementation challenges are, of course, there. And as, of course, I was very rightly pointed out by a friend, say, stating that the uh, elements of poor, the elements of language, poverty, gender are yet to be effectively reflected in the master plan. So somehow I feel, you know, that uh, the, uh, the, the the master plan, the, the utility of master plan also needs to be challenged now. Uh, whether as a legal document, of course, it is a requirement. We ought to require some framework, but I think plan, uh, in my view, could be counterproductive in the coming decades. And uh, we we would require we would probably require a renewed approach towards uh, managing the cities. And the utility of land use plan per se might require a reconsideration. So actually, I am traveling and you might be hearing a lot of outside other voices. So I think I will mute on that. 
and these were very very few remarks uh, which i had in my mind and uh, as an administrator of course uh, it was very rightly pointed out that when we uh, get on the land and the city to implement the master plan uh, many a times it is outdated and many a times it is not what the citizens of the that area actually want in the way we tend to impose our colonial narratives and our uh the power inequality the political economy of the city by way of the master plan and probably there is a disconnect between the masses and the plan as was very rightly pointed by your friend earlier uh, so thank you i think uh, i will stop at that because we are already running late and uh, thank you very much for allowing uh, administrator to uh, express his views on that thank you sir in fact the most important view <laughs> yes for the execution quickly uh, rumi sir if you will allow i'll just add few points yes yes. yes sir so thank you sir for really and uh, really initiating this discussion i know that in fact uh, we have crossed the time limit but uh, uh, we really try to add many perspective especially many people really wanted to speak on it and uh, i really wanted to start with that uh, there are Uh, to start with that the 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 experience of slum also the arnavasar raised something about the brownfield development as we know it redevelopment and that uh, the, the the biggest slum in pakistan in karachi orangi town uh, have some success story and that is coming out from the the recognition of property rights uh, in that manner we have we had this bill uh, really uh, before the elections and uh, now also nothing much is is uh, going on and the governance of water electricity and everything uh, what is being in delhi now i think that thing should also come up in mpd at some reflection because there is now something called reservation in government colleges and then we have uh, what we say doles for el electricity or water so judiciously and how are we raising the resources property tax and others i recall many of uh, our senior professors saying that uh, uh, the property tax uh, we are not able to you know submit so how smart uh, the whole process also is uh, other than that uh, there has also been in past uh, uh, various uh, uh, practices of, for especially the built environment which has been done dsiidc have almost more than 30000 flats uh, ready for more than 5 10 years uh what are we going to do with that and uh, what is happening in in that aspect uh, also circle rates in ncr region as a whole in many places circle rates is going down what does that convey to us uh, we also do not have much data about uh, what is uh, uh, going on uh, but largely many points uh, air quality and other pollution solid waste safety crime many thing has uh, been mentioned Uh, what delhi government is now seeking especially the point rumi sir has raised rightly so because delhi is aspiring to be the world class capital city that delhi to be as a hub of knowledge and innovation and in this aspect especially in last few months the chief minister of delhi has also announced that the city would be a very open and would be a hub of startups uh, how are we going in, in that respect and uh, what should be done uh, largely uh, uh, when we see at, at the point of ease of doing business or ease of living index uh, these two component which our union government and smart cities is really focusing upon so what do you think uh, in all the all the ranking we are getting very bottom and if we take only these two parameters uh, what should be done uh, to have delhi to what what we can have delhi uh, also uh, as a city government had trifurcation of mcd Uh, so that is also posing a very different 
uh, uh, questions and uh, a lot of times we are discussing about participation sir has also raised sir participation at what level if you can clarify be it rwa uh, be it ward committees uh, in your view what what should work in participation at what level in smart cities we really saw that one lakh two lakh people have participated but that has not been very open as also arvind was uh, uh, raising uh, other than that i uh, really wanted to highlight a few other point uh, the city as we know is becoming more of a engineering department per se uh, also shipra ma'am raised something very important Uh, that the planning document is talking about corruption and having you know action to those uh, concerned officers really in delhi uh, this has been a major problem there is no accountability be it dsiidc ncr planning board dda dcb accountability is where no one knows so where should it 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 be and uh, the level of rampant corruption and nexus at all the departments of delhi i think uh, now all, all the country knows Uh, what should be the approach, uh, especially here, uh, because really when we uh, get to this department or that department, really the point is that वहाँ से ये नहीं हुआ. You know there is just shifting the goals, and uh, uh, because of that there is also rent seeking and other things happening, which is really not uh, uh, yielding to, uh, especially on the implementation part. How or how citizens or various stakeholders can have their grip to make this MPD twenty forty one. a uh, uh, very effective i have few more questions especially pertaining to tod's especially land we discussed and sir you mentioned uh, metro as a model uh, so uh, uh, nct now also is looking forward to tod transport oriented developments many of the metros becoming uh, few success stories sir how do you see many of the expert have really expressed that uh, that model is uh, really not yielding uh, to last mile connectivity and various other things uh sir i would stop here in covid i just one line uh, because uh, sir has been really from last 4 5 years we have been doing so many smart cities workshop sir integrated command control center and smart city in covid time this has been used how it can be used ndmc has something called smart doors and sir you really mentioned about technology and what what could be used uh, especially in terms of pandemic and what we are dealing disaster many things you mentioned how technology and data can be harnessed uh, to make our city smart or uh, uh, i would say livable uh, for now rumi sir over to you you can choose to answer and <laughs> yes we are running out of time uh, yes dr ayas just i have one Sorry, very uh, i have uh, one very specific question since we have already been asked so many questions and uh, <laughs> time is short like i have a very specific question do you think that this uh, concept of wall city is inherently exclusionary just your thought on it because the entire uh, master plan of delhi is based on this making delhi world class so do you think that uh, world class city this concept uh, is inherently exclusionary just your thought on it so please so world class capital city capital yes well so you are actually adding another layer to it another well, layer that okay, is fine fine that's all well so that, that is a good aspiration i would say you should have it well if you can arumi sir over to you so you can choose to answer there are so yes. many there are so okay. many issues yes please uh, thank you very much uh, it was a pleasure to listen to all the all the people who spoke today Uh, they are coming from different backgrounds some are practitioners some are into research some are doing ground work 
So it's, it was really very uh, enlightening to listen to to the various uh, participants in today's uh, meeting. Uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, uh, Dr. Metra for for sharing her experience insofar as her work is concerned uh, with regard to the preparation of the master plan, forthcoming master plan. And the point she mentioned about how encroachments are posing posing a problem for for uh, uh, carrying out the work as will be recommended in the new plan, because all the previous plans did face this problem of encroachment and violation. So if you have something in place, and once it is there, it is very difficult to, to remove because people start uh, making a claim over that space. Uh, about uh, the, the point mentioned by uh, Ms., uh, Professor Shamila Mani on the informal sector. I think it's, it's uh, really an important point. Uh, in a city like Delhi, where a large proportion of population is engaged in informal sector activities, offering various kinds of services to, uh, which are not being provided by the government. So if it, it, one should have an inclusionary approach rather than an exclusionary approach, whatever planning has, is being done uh, should take into account uh, the, this this section of the population as to the contribution they are doing, they are building the cities, they are running the cities, in in, uh, in places like ITO, uh, you are familiar with it's 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 a very busy area and there are so many uh, food dhabas which are there which are providing services which nobody is providing. It's it's really helping the community and even even the. Uh, the the colonies in which we, we live in the gardeners the shopkeepers the the the, the car cleaners etc so, so all those people uh, and their needs and requirements and and uh, they they have an equal right to the city i would say so uh, this is an extremely important point raised by professor mani and sanitation she has worked uh, all her life on sanitation so how can uh, Nobody can argue about the points or, or contest the points that she raised about uh, how best waste management and uh, or, uh, wastewater management can be done in, in, in a better manner. Arvind's experience was really different. Uh, I was not aware that he's uh, uh, working so much actively on the ground and he highlighted many of the ground realities, which we, we know, all of us know, but how well are those being uh, thought of at the time of plan preparation, at the time of plan preparation. And it's good that uh, Arvind is there in this exercise, and I'm sure he will ensure uh, the, the things that he mentioned. One thing that he mentioned was about uh, the, the participation of people in the planning process. I did, uh, uh, realize this, and I did feel uh, many a times that the right mechanisms for which would allow people to participate have not been created. So if there is a voice, if there is some concern to be raised or shared, the mechanism is not available. Uh, and then there, on the other hand, there are cities like Moscow, 
where you have a referendum, system of referendum. If you have to do anything, you, you take inputs from each and every person. They are using a lot of technology there. Uh, to, for example, what should be the color of this metro line? What, what should be done in, with regard to this problem? So the, the mechanisms, even in, in the case of India, Indian cities, you know, uh, when you face a problem as a, as a resident, as a resident of a locality, if you face a problem, uh, a good facility or a mechanism has not been created which would help the citizen to voice their concern and make the, their localities a better place. So this is a very important point raised by Arvind Unnish, which I, I really liked and would like to include in any future work that I would be doing. Uh, Simi's points about the blue-green uh, aspect, I, I, I did come across this. I think this has been recently introduced and uh, the master plan would would cover this aspect about the water areas, the green spaces, the vacant spaces. Uh, what is going to be done? And even uh, the other points mentioned by Simi about safety and air quality. What is going to be proposed by the master plan of 2041 uh, is not known to me because I have not seen, I don't think a draft is available. Uh, so, but these are gray areas. There is a lot of work that is needed to be done to, as uh, Professor Mani mentioned about uh, preservation of uh, lakes and restoration of lakes um, and, and green spaces, it's, it's very important. And safety, safety is so much important uh, in, in the current times. Every, not a single day passes where in the newspapers or in the media, we do not uh, hear or read about the kind of crimes that are occurring on an everyday basis. Uh, the administration uh, may be doing their work, but the, uh, but, the, but the society is such that it many times creates problems for the administration agencies like the police, et cetera. And the police on their part and the uh, administration agencies on their part have systems which are not complete in terms of monitoring, in terms of uh, covered by cameras, et cetera. So uh, there is incompleteness in many things which, which allows uh, some sections of the society to, 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 to create uh, such nuisances. Air quality is, is a serious issue. I have written an extensive article on this. It, it has come out as an ORF issue brief. Um, I, I listed about 10 to 10, uh, eight to 10 sources of air pollution, not only within this city of Delhi, but you know, it's a regional issue. I emphasize the adoption of a regional approach. The EPCA or the Environment Pollution Control Authority or the agency was set up for this purpose too. And they came up with a graded response action plan. But, but uh, again, it is a plan and it has not been, uh, things that are proposed are not doable. They are proposing things without sorting out the issues on the ground, which Arvind has mentioned time and again in his, in his talks. So, so uh, that is, if something is to be done, uh, the administration has to look into these problems. Uh, about the, the, uh, the question that uh, Professor Arunava uh, Dasgupta posed on the, what should be done about the built areas? Uh, this, is an, this is a big issue because if you try and carry out in situ uh, improvements, because 
places like Chandni Chowk and and in the Shah Shah Jahanabad area, there's so much of dense development is there. If you, if you try and do some reform, which is which is like radical, people will not allow, and it may not be a good thing to do also because you have to take do things that people are comfortable with. So, but I think on a very small scale, changes can be made. It, it's only about a matter of coming out with the. With small projects uh, to sort out the problems that that exist in such areas, it's not impossible to do. Uh, countries like Singapore, where where old old habitations did exist, uh, they have been able to reform those areas. Why why can't we do it? We have so much of knowledge and expertise. Uh, the it was good to listen to uh, Mr. Samir Unhale uh, from the. Mumbai Corporation uh, about the about the, uh, the 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 challenges faced by administrators in in taking forward the master plan. It was a pleasure to listen to his views uh, on on the kind of uh, difficulties that they encounter uh, when when something comes in front of them and they are unable to do it because the the situation on the ground of the society is such. Uh, is 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 complicated and it it's often times frustrating for for good um, administrators that they want to make their city a better place but they are unable to do because of the uh, complications uh, created in the past uh, which 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 require concerted consistent actions to to overcome which unfortunately is not happening in our case and Arjun, you asked so many, uh, so many things, uh, uh, and I picked uh, two or three from those. One is about participation, which, uh, to what extent it should be to to uh, everybody who wishes to raise a voice, any citizen of the city, whether in the slum areas or in the unauthorized colonies or resettlement colonies or in the rural areas of of Delhi, they they should be able to. Uh, either there should be a system where somebody is going there to talk to them from time to time, or there should be a, a group uh, created, uh, like a self-help group created for such 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 communities, which can take their voices to the next level. The second thing about how to ensure last mile connectivity, you know. Uh, the metro cannot go everywhere. It's a very expensive system. In fact, many people are against the laying down metros in Indian cities because of the shortage of funds. But uh, you have to have multiple modes of transportation and commutation. Uh, like if you if you see a city like Berlin or or another place where you have trams, you have cycles, you have you have you have buses, and multiple modes are there. So. If you get down from the metro, you have to have a convenient, comfortable, and safe next mode of transport. About the control centers, this I got a very good insight into the command and control center during my visit to Moscow, where they are using it in an excellent manner to 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 handle or to tackle the uh, problem of traffic congestion and how they generate data how the data comes to the control centers, how it is transferred to the data users, including the motorists, how do they inform them in advance? 
it's a whole architecture that has been laid down and, it's, it, and the city is covered by cameras uh, which which is the source of information for generating or monitoring the city in good interest not to to surveillance of of a wrong kind but in the good interest of uh, city governance then uh, the final point raised by uh, our moderator uh, uh, thank you very much for this this uh, question about whether Delhi can become a world-class city and th there is a problem of exclusion. Uh, Delhi can certainly become if there is a well determination, if the work is done in the correct manner. You know, parts of Delhi would be, would, I'm sure they are being managed well, then are several other parts. So, so if, if the same approach or, or philosophy is applied to the other parts of Delhi. And, and, and you know, it's not about only planning, it's also about the implementation and the administrative agencies, preparing them, how prepared they are to, to do the work. If, if everything is done in, in the good interest and in the correct manner, you know, when you see cities like Abu Dhabi and, and Moscow and Beijing and Shanghai and Berlin and, and, and many other cities, whichever distinguished panel and participants have visited, they, they have come out of, of such situations and they, it, 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 it is for us uh, to, to think how much wastage or destruction is to be allowed to continue or whether it's much more sensible to, to put things in order to create habitable places. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you, Dr. Ayaz, for responding to almost each, each of the uh, questions which have been raised by uh, or, or which have been uh, discussed in this particular panel. So, uh, uh, Arjun, uh, should, I, should we have some time to uh, have some comments from the former panelists? Uh, we can, but quickly we can grab. Okay, so, so may I now request, yes, may I now request uh, just uh, if any of our panelists wants to make a very brief comments, one or two minutes. Professor Maitra, if, 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 you, if yeah. you have any comments on it, uh, if, if, please, please. Am I muted or not? It's okay. No, it's, it's okay. We are, yes, yes, yes. Audible. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, so it has been an extensive discussion on um, planning and that what Delhi should be. But uh, your point was interesting that uh, why it should have some exclusive uh, element of exclusion if we are talking of the global city. Actually, when you are talking of the SDG, so now it is the criterion is that in order to be a uh, global city, you have to fulfill all the criteria of SDG. So if we can really fulfill all the criteria, which is different, but if we can fulfill at least uh, so uh, that's a, I think a uh, good way of approaching a city with the city life to, uh, to be inclusive with uh, all its citizens like Shamla was mentioning about the street vendors and all these things which are very much part of the city. We must uh, in, uh, try to include them and make space for them because we can't uh, because we can't deny their entry in the city and we can't deny their services. This is one of the livelihood which um, there is, we have no right to deny. Only thing is that make uh, life a little comfortable for them. And uh, the, about this, uh, um, I mean, that paying some money or fine, this is always a very old custom of the MCD. 
to uh, take that tebajeri fees from uh, all these small small um, uh, economic units that is not a problem for them uh, that if they have if they know for sure that this is a place that they have to operate every day and they will come here there are so many regulated uh, regulated markets in local markets we see that they are happy to pay that because that pay is not much so they are happy to pay that only thing is that they are scared of the unnecessary involvement by the uh, administrative agencies like the police force like uh, in the dark way so this is what if we can prevent if we have really very transparent uh, law and order situation i don't think that people are uh, paying uh, people uh, will uh, object to pay and uh, we can have a ordered city once uh, i will just mention about in mcd study we did long back there we find that the uh, revenue um, the earning from fines for the arstwell mcd was much more than the earning from fees because <laughs> the situation is so much that the lawyer the situation is such that it is uh, easier for me to pay the fine and go um, or whatever it does to solve the problem by paying the fine so people when they are they can they are able to pay fine this way or if we make their life more orderly is very justifiable and very they will support it and about just one thing about the participatory thing i think mr arvin put it very clearly that uh, we were also discussing in a, in a webinar that if i don't know what will happen to my property or what is the impact on my property of the master plan approach if you are designating one city uh, one uh, street at commercial what impact it is going to have on my property i have no idea because i am a layman so that is that kind of connectivity is very much required for citizen engagement we have seen in the in a smart city whereas it is a compulsory to have some citizens response and all this and we have seen what kind of response have come so this is not sufficient when you just plan in your website but it is definitely that there should be some engagement with the citizens at the local level involving the rwa and other thank you very much thank you thank, thank thank you professor maitra and may i now request uh, dr mani if she wants to make any comments uh, maybe yeah. in a minute or so, maybe in a minute or so please yeah thank you very much uh, there is one aspect uh, which i felt i must uh, bring up is that of uh, industrial uh, pollution uh, you know delhi is uh, not only uh, a city of uh, you know intellectuals or or education and for tourism but it's also an industrial city and uh, we are finding that despite the fact that there is uh, industrial zoning uh, there is a uh, there is a lot of uh, you know violation of these laws and there is a, a lot of contamination of groundwater and soil and of course air as well uh, from industrial activities so uh, this is something um, uh, you know like uh, i uh, said earlier that i think it depends on our philosophy you know what do we want to see ourselves as delhi you know that is a very important thing we we need to understand that yes we might one day become a very good capital world class capital but before that we need to also see inwards and say that we are already this so if we don't address this uh, issues and i also feel that if there is some way like you know i went in i when i visited berlin i found you know there's a student who was taking me around in his uh, it was like a cycle rickshaw 
you know, it's a very interesting concept. But, you know, there's so much sense of pride. They were involved in their entire city. As middle class people, we don't engage in our cities. We are always, always constantly looking at somebody called them, you know, the government and somebody else and somebody else. So the, the, I think we need that aspect that we need to really bring about the fact that our locality is in our hands and what can we do and even about maintenance and, uh, you know, if somebody doesn't have a place to urinate, uh, are we, can we make some arrangement that, you know, the, the, uh, the toilet in the market is maintained? Should we make noise? Should we get the powers to be, you know, like, uh, to make sure that it is maintained or whatever the whatever the way we can so i uh, i felt that these two important points i just wanted to bring out thank yeah, you so, so thank you thank you dr mani and now just may i now request arvin for his quick thoughts in a minute just, or so uh, or less than that i'll try <laughs> oh, that's great yeah so uh, my only point was that look uh, ideas of 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 a world class city or world class capital is absolutely fine but what what do we mean by that? You know, what do we mean by a world class city? And if we, if our perception, our collective perception or, or imagery of a world class city is, for instance, the imagery of Abu Dhabi, then what we end up doing to our city would be would be devastating for us. So, uh, uh, so I take this world class city with a pinch of salt or a bag full of salt or you know uh, whatever disclaimers that we can take that we at the stage of where we are in our economic growth and social growth and, and divides that we have, we need not look for world-classness. We need to evolve towards that. So there are urgent issues that need to be addressed right now. Our economy um, and, and the state that we're in is not the best. It will take a long time for us to come up. And if we are going after imagery that we are not really sure of, it might actually backfire, not for us, the middle class here, uh, but for um, a majority population living and working in our city. So I'll, I'll be very cautious to approach uh, the world-class city because it can be, be uh, tough for a lot of population. That's well, so, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Arvind. So, uh, so on behalf of Team Impri, I thank all the uh, panelists and especially our uh, special guest. Uh, Lumesh, today. Would you like to make anything? Uh, oh. say no, 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 no. Thank you. So, so well, well. So, thank you, thank you, also to Dr. Romi Ayaz on behalf of Team Impri. Uh, uh, so, as as I see that essentially uh, uh, there are uh, five pillars for city growth: it's infrastructure, uh, service delivery, uh, finance, governance, and capacity. So, uh, using these pillars along these uh, five fulcrums, so inclusivity and 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 resilience needs serious attention to plan for growth of the cities and. As it is evident from our discussion today, uh, one of the important takeaways an effective bottom-up approach, uh, which we require, it is it is essentially required to assess the requirement of the vast majority of the urban poor, uh, so-called the informal, uh, the people belonging to the informal sectors and their contribution to the city economy. Then only we can effectively plan our city. So once again, I thank you all. I thank all the panelists and uh, speaker, Dr. Rumi Ayaz, on behalf of Team Impri. So uh, we hope to continue with this city conversation uh, series, and we will be having some more uh, thoughtful and provocative discussions. So, uh, well, so that's all from my end, and a very uh, good night to all of you. So thank you. Thank you once again.
uh, for joining us. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. For, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.